Praise the Lord. Okay, um, this morning, whew, I'll be talking about um, the story. We'll be looking at the story of David and Goliath. Who's heard of the story of David and Goliath? Okay, how much have you? Do you know? Only till he slayed the giant down or only that part? Yeah? <laughs> okay. So today I want to talk about our giants and our battles, okay? I know. Hands up if you've got a giant or you, there was a battle that you fought in your life and um, you have overcome it, yeah? And um, I think some of us are, are still um, facing giants in our lives, okay? And it's, it doesn't go away, especially with the children of God. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't disappear, because it likes hammering us. It likes to, you know, to try and hold us down. It likes to come and um, distract us, okay? And um, Okay, wrong one, all right. Oh, the wrong way. Oh, okay, there we go, sorry. <laughs> so our giants and our battles, you know, the bigger they are, the harder, you know, they fall. But I know, we all know that in God, nothing is impossible for God. Amen. So today we'll be looking at, the, um, we'll be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's a long verse. Who's brought their Bibles with them? Who's ready to listen? Who's ready to read? Okay. So don't fall asleep, okay? If I'm reading this, I want, if you're falling asleep, I want you to stand up. Okay, just walk to the back and come back to your seat because God wants to talk to you this morning. I believe that. So I'll be reading this. I know in, in Sunday school we read it to our kids, but they have um, pictures to show them and um, you know, colorful things to, uh, to keep them uh, focused. But I want you to focus on, on, on our verses this morning. I'm going to read this story to us. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Soko and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become my subjects. You will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite man named Jesse, who was born from Bethlehem in Judea. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. 
Just as three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war, the firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest, the three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephor of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to the camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of the unit. See how your brothers are and bring back with uh, some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in, his, in the care of, he left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left these things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was taking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his line and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in greater fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes his disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills of him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him, Speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? said David. Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your, servants will, your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion, a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed, killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised, uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So I said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor and on him a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword, 
over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his head, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with a health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, and I'll str- this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll struck you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the, world will, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered there here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck, and struck the Philistine on the, on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. We'll just stop there. Praise the Lord. What a story. Yeah. If we look at David, okay, this is David, we're looking at him. Before in chapter 16, uh, Samuel, God told Samuel to go um, to, Je- to, to Jesse's house and, and to find somebody in Jesse's, uh, one of his children to become king because he, he wasn't happy with Saul. So Samuel did go. And in chapter 16, we can see that Jesse had seven sons. He had seven sons. Sorry, he had eight sons. Okay, he had, he had eight sons. So three of his oldest sons went to war, went to war with Saul. The rest um, stayed back. And David was the youngest of them all, but David was a shepherd boy. And um, as Samuel was talking to God, Okay, Samuel said, Jesse, where are your children? Bring them here because I have to anoint one of them as to be, to be king. So Jesse brought his boys, the oldest ones, okay? But while um, Samuel's talking to God, he said, this one, he said, this one, God is saying to him, no. Okay, God is saying, no, it's not that one. Samuel is thinking, oh, it might be this one because he's handsome, he's tall. Okay, he's got great build and God is saying, no, it's not that one. And then after all the boys came through and Samuel looked at them and then God did say, no, it's not one of them. All right, then Samuel goes, do you have another son? And then Jesse said, yes, I do have a son, daddy, he is a shepherd boy. Okay, and then so Jesse called for for David and David came and this is what God said. 
this is the one that I chose. But then, if we look at what, uh, why God chose David, God chose David because God looked at the heart. God didn't look at how good he was, how strong he was, or how, how, um, you know, how his body was built, how healthy he was, but God looked at the heart. Even though um, Samuel was thinking of these boys, oh, they're in great build, but God said, no, I don't need this. I don't need that one. So God uses um, David as an example for us. He was just a shepherd boy. But God chose him to come into the camp and to fight this giant that he's going to face. That will be the, the, the verse for it. Verse, uh, first Samuel. Okay. Our close battles. We're going to go to close battles. That's our, my first point. There are a couple of points that I've got here for us. Okay. The first one is our close battles. Even though that... Um, that God chose David to do uh, this, to go to war, to fight this giant. He, David didn't know what he was going to face with. But always, every giant that we face, we will always face a close, somebody that is close to us, that will come against us. Whether it's going to be your family whether it's going to be your brother, whether it's going to be your cousin, whether it's going to be your boss, whether it's going to be an employee of yours. Every time we face a battle, a close person close to you will always come against you. Sometimes they will try and pull you down so you won't face the giant that you are facing in your life. David, if we look at the story of David in our story, His brother was the one that came against him. His brother, Eliab, he came to David and he said, why are you here? So in our lives as, as followers of Jesus, you know, our battle may be a close battle always. I've told you the people that are close to you, they'll be the ones that will be able to stop you. But even as our first battle, as we choose to follow Christ, maybe with someone close to us, I want you to understand that you have another person that is with you. So let not these people that are close to you stop you from facing the giants that you are facing. We must do everything we can to be at peace with everyone, yes. I don't know if you remembered with Pastor Michael when he shared um, last week about seal, all right? When his mother came and looked for him and Jesus said, who is my family? If you want to follow me, you, you deny these people, okay? But yes, that is true. But we need to understand also we need these people. And so the word of God says that we need to serve them. We need to be at peace with them. Because sometimes if you go against um, of those that are close to you, it will tear you down. It will tear your family apart. It will tear your relationship. But for David, he didn't just stay with, even though his brother said, oh, why are you here? 
He didn't think of those things. His close, his close battle before facing the giant was his brother. Eliab was not anointed as king, but he was jealous and he was bitter with David. Still, David was not afraid to get past him to follow God. You do not have to follow God in your, you do not have to be afraid to follow God in your family. We can talk with God and trust God to do whatever he wants. He will take care of your battles if you put your trust in him and always do the right thing. Eliab, he attacked David. He attacked David's motives, his skill, his heart. If you look in verse 28, he says, David's oldest brother Eliab listened as he spoke to the men and became angry with him. Why did you come down here, he asked. Who did you leave the few sheep with in the, in the wilderness? When Eliab asked him why is he there at the battle line, he, is attack, he was attacking David's motives. He attacks his skill as a shepherd when he asked him, who is taking care of the few sheep? And when he attacks his heart, Eliab was his older brother, and he was attacking David. He attacked David's heart. So when somebody attacks our skills, we must be, we may be all right. Because we know we are not the best. But we just show up and give it our best and let God work through us. But when somebody close to us attacks our motives or our heart, it can be wounding. However, there is one who sees the heart. God knows what is in our heart. He knows our motives. He can heal our wounds if we put our trust in him. For Samuel, for David, that's what he did. Even though this is my brother, you must be thinking, brother, what are you doing? I'm here. You know, I think, speaking personally, if I see my family with me, I'm just going to say, hey, it's so good to see you. But we're on a battlefield. But David didn't look at that. David focused on the real battle. We can find that in verses 29 to verse 30. He says here, now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. David encountered a close battle with his older brother Eliab, but he did not linger there. He did not stay there. He knew what he had to do. So he turned his brother aside and he turned to the front and asked the others. He turned from his brother and said, I am going to do this. I am not going to listen to you. I'm going to face this direction and I'm going to go face this giant. And I'm going to go fight the battle. So David didn't worry about what his brother was thinking. He focused on the battle. He focused on the giant that he was looking at. Because who else is going to do it? He knew that his camp is all running back, back and forth into their tents every time this man stands against him. Something will always try to get our eyes off the real battle. The distraction may come from our very own 
We can find problems in families all throughout the Bible. Jesus said in the Bible that a man's foe shall be in his own household. We can find that in Matthew. A, man, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. David had a problem with his own family. We look at Moses. Moses was criticized by his own sister, his own brother. We look at Joseph. He was sold out by his own brothers. And if we look at Jesus also, he was despised by his very own people. But David had his, his eyes fixed on the real battle. And I think we all face our real battles. But we also have people that are close to us that are trying to pull us, to, you know, to, to make us focus not on those things. We too must not focus on distractions, things that want to get our attention. We need our eyes to be on the real battle. What happens when a team goes through a struggle and takes their, their eyes off the real battle? They start fighting one another and they lose. Hands up if you've seen that. I have. Whether it's in my workplace, whether it's in a church, okay? If people are not unified together, this is what they'll do. They'll fight against each other. They will talk to other people to go against another group of people. It happens. It happens in our church too. In all churches. But that is not the real battle that we are facing. There is a bigger giant that we are looking at. Even these things, it can happen. Jesus said, your walk this earth won't be as easy. You know, it's not going to be smooth. You will be criticized for your faith. You will be criticized on what you believe. You will be criticized on the things that, you know, whatever direction that you're leading. Some people will say things. But he said, don't lose focus. Don't worry about those things. So the Israelites were afraid of Goliath. They started fighting over who they thought could win. Eliab couldn't beat Goliath, but he felt he could beat up his own little brother. David said, I'm going to focus on the real battle at hand. So how many times in our lives have you been distracted by the real battle, from your real battle? The one against your giant by the little close battles that come with your relatives, your friends, your bosses, your workers. When this happens, remember, focus on the real battle ahead. That is where the real victory is because God has been preparing you to kill your giants. Do not lose focus. Because your victory comes from the Lord. Verses 45 to 47. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll struck you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The victory belongs to God, and the victory comes from the Lord. 
you know, sometimes it comes in in unexpected ways. If you look at David, he's just a young boy. I don't know, I read some Bible scholars said that you have to be 20 to be in the war. But David, he was very young. And the Bible says he was a very young boy. Then he comes and faces this giant with five stones and a sling. That's not for war. That is not for battle. That is a shepherd's equipment. That is for a shepherd. But still David steps out forward and says something like, Goliath, I'm going to take you down today. He wasn't afraid. Why? Because he knew that he was with God. He knew that God was was with him. Goliath, I'm going to take you out because victory is in the Lord. You have defiled God. You have defiled the armies of God. You have shouted out against him. In the Old Testament, stoning was a penalty for blasphemy. So David is going, this is what you say of my God. You giants, you come and tell me this is who my God is, and you're saying things about my God? No, I'm going to come with you with my God. He wasn't afraid to face this giant. Why did David have five sons? I don't know. Maybe he might miss it. But he did have only five sons. He tried the king's uniform. He tried his tunic on. Had the big sword. <laughs> and David goes, sorry, so this is not me. I am not this. I am not this ready, going to war with this tunic, no. I am going because the victory is going to come from my Lord. David knew that. David kills Goliath. He gets the victory. So God does do things that we don't know. Okay? He works in, in, in areas that we don't even understand. But I like the fact what David did. He went with God. He said, my God is greater than you. That greater than you. I am going to come and face you with my God. There was an American preacher, his name was Jonathan Edwards, he said this, Christ came into the world to destroy the works of the devil, and this was the very thing that did it, the blood and death of Christ. The cross was the devil's own weapon, and with his weapon, Christ overthrew the devil, just as David cut off Goliath's head with his own sword. So the devil was defeated by the cross of Christ. Many times God uses our enemies' own weapons to gain victory over them. Just as David, we see the victory coming when we learn to trust completely in our Lord because the victory comes from him. I don't know about you. What are your giants that you face in your life? I believe as we've been put together, you know, as one service, I think this is where we need to build ourselves up. This is where we need to focus our weapons. What are my weapons? What do I need, you know, to focus the battle that is ahead against me? 
We know in the story, as the Philistines moved closer, moved closer, David just ran to the front, put out his stones and the sling. Slinged it out, went through Goliath's head. Did he even run up and um, had to show his sword? Or No, he did not. But he came with the name of the Lord because he knew God was with him. So in all these things, we might be thinking, might be wondering what you need to do to gain victory that comes from the Lord. The secret is private preparation and faith. If we look at David, David has been a shepherd boy. He wasn't prepared to go for the war. He was only a shepherd boy, but during his time tending his flock, he also faced his challenges. You know, the bear came out, the lion came out. Those were big. If that was us, we would be running away, running on the tree maybe to, to find a secure place, but not for David. David didn't worry about himself. He worried about his flock. He worried about his sheep. What he has to do, he has to face it. He has to face the battle. So this is the battle that he was facing, the lion and the bear. This is what he said to, to, Sam, uh, to Saul. David had been a shepherd for a long time, taking care of his father's sheep, protecting them against any attack. He, he said that whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, he would go after it, strike it down and rescue the lamb. Should it attack him, he would kill it. See, David has been preparing for this time, but in a way that we don't understand, in a way that we didn't see, even though we think he's just a shepherd boy, but he was also preparing his time in that time. So facing the giants may hurt. As we get closer to God and grow in our relationship with him, the giants we face might get bigger and bigger. They may come as a Goliath of wounds from our childhood, places we thought nobody knew. But God is taking us into these places with these giants we need to defeat. He's taking us into places of real confession, real heartbreak, real repentance, real remorse, so we may really walk with him. David had no doubt that he was able to kill Goliath because he had been preparing for this battle with his whole life by fighting bears and lions. He also had absolute and wonderful faith in the power of his God. No question asked. He knew he was really good at fighting and killing small giant animals, and he was fighting in the power of God. And I want to encourage us that as you fight your own battles, fight because God is with you. And for us, we are not alone. David was not alone. With God, we are majority. Doesn't, you don't have to have an army because your army is God alone. In every battle we face in our walk with God, there are three, there's always be three components. That's got to be you, got to be God, and that's got to be the giant that you have to defeat. 
It does not matter how tall our giant is, ourselves plus God is a majority. This does not mean that everything in our lives will be easy or great, but we can be certain that through everything, God will see you through. God will see us through. Hudson Taylor, I had a book in, uh, we have a book in the library, and I got this book out on, the, on Friday to read to the kids. It was a British ministry, a missionary to China. He was told that he had only 25 cents in the bank account for the China Inland Mission. But guess what? This is what he replied. Praise the Lord. 25 cents plus all the promises of God. Amen. If we only have five stones, a slingshot to face our giants, go with it. But remember, God is with you. If you put your battles to God and if you give your battles and if you um, face your giants, knowing that God is with you, guess what? You will be undefeated. I was inspired by what he said, <laughs> 25 cents, but all the promises of God. You know what? I believe and I know that you know what promises God has for your life. It might haven't worked yet. It might not have happened yet. But God will bring you through. Because when he says something, he makes sure that it happens. Never doubt on the word of God. David, he didn't doubt. Even though his brothers, the whole army of Israel, the king himself, didn't want to face this giant in front of them, David said, no, I will go. I will fight this because God is on my side. We are all unlikely, unlikely people like David, but still God chooses to save us. He chooses to love us every day. He chooses to give us victory over our giants every day, even when we are unlikely to win on our own. Maybe you feel your giant is like Goliath, nine feet, nine inches tall, and you don't stand a chance. But our Lord and our God is far taller than any giant that you face. God is bigger than your Goliath. Now I want you to say that I'm going to move forward because God is with me. Although you previously lost ground, walk forward in the power and strength of God. As unlikely as you feel, as unlikely as it sounds, always know that God chooses unlikely people because it is he who wins the battles. We may feel unlikely, small, even defeated. Still, the one who is on our side is greater than any giant we may have to face. He is greater than the giant of anger. He is greater than the giant of sadness. He is greater than the giant of our parents' divorce. He is um, greater than the giant of, the, you know, of our childhood of miscarriage or any addictions that we have, anxiety, depression, fear, doubt. God is bigger than those things. He is greater than all of our tallest giants. And he will take care of them. He will give us the victory. We just need to trust in him, surrender to him, be prepared, and have faith in him. Spend time with God. Trust in Him. Worship Him. Praise Him always. 
come here. This is where you find refuge. This is where you can find encouragement from your brothers, your sisters. Surround yourself with the right people. Seek God every day. Love your family. Always do what is right. Face your giants without fear and let God do his work. Because the, the bigger your giants may be, the harder they will fall. But God is the one who will bring all of our giants down. Luke 10, Luke 16, verse 10, he says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with, with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Whatever you have, just come before God. I don't know, what are your giants? I do face my own giants. But I know my battle is already won. Even though God takes us through our battles, God takes us to face our giants. He's preparing ourselves, but we also need to be prepared. If I'm not prepared, I, you know, I'm just taken back by, with the story of, um, of the five wise and the five foolish ladies. We are not prepared. We will miss the bus. You will miss every opportunity that God is going to work through you. Second Kings, chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. This is the prophet Elisha when, um, when he and his servant went to face the army. We do not have to fight alone. You don't have to fight your battles alone. If our God is for us, who can be against us? Eh? Nobody. I want to finish off with Psalms 1, verse 1. These are the promises that God said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in verse 4 it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I walk through the shadow of death and evil, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Let that be your prayer today. Can I ask all of us to stand? I don't know what your giants are. But if you know what they are, take it to God. Take it to God in prayer. Face them. Don't be afraid. Don't go back. Face them because that's the only way you will triumph. I remember Pastor Rodney talking about perseverance. You fall, it doesn't happen. Go ahead. You go up again. You stand up again. Because you know the victory has already been won by God for you. You know, he hasn't chosen this life so we can walk alone. He's chosen us so we can walk with him. But not only with him, we are all here together. We are a family. Your brothers and sisters is here. Walk with them. You don't have to fight alone. Sometimes we get ashamed, we, you know, we, we feel guilty. Oh, I don't want to bring this on you. Well, if you really need help, why not be open? There's a lot of things that are happening that I don't know. It's not my place to know. 
But if I really need something, I want to go ask someone. Don't try and hang on it. Don't try and think, and no, God, I have this. I am strong in this. No, we are foolish to God. But with God, everything is possible. Amen. Just going to open the front if anybody needs prayer for anything or if you, there are things that you, you want to bring to God. I want you to come here and give it to God. And if you need somebody to pray with you, we will pray with you. Thank you. Let's close up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we are not alone. We thank you that you are with us, Lord. Lord, the giants, the battles that we face in our lives, Lord, Lord, we want to give that to you right now at this very moment. Lord, you know our hearts. You know each and every one of us in here. You know the struggles, the giants that we face each day, Lord. And also those giants that are facing us that are just standing on the sides, Lord, waiting to come and attack us, Lord. Lord, we pray for those things that it will never come against us, Lord. Lord, I pray for your blood, Jesus, to cover upon each and every one of our lives, Lord. As we face our battles, as we face our giants, Lord, that we will go into victory with you, that you will already go before us, Lord. Every time David went into a battle, he always goes with you. And Lord, that's our prayer for us this morning, Lord. Help us to face the giants that we face, Lord. The struggles that we go through, the battles that need to be won, Lord. Lord, there might be some stuff that are unseen, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will just reveal it to us, Lord. Lord, things that will hold us back in following you, in following um, our calling to you, Lord, I just pray that you will just reveal those things to each and every one of us, Lord. Help us to be able to look for help. Help us to be able to to stand, Lord, against these things and just focus on you, the person that will fight our battles. You are mighty God. We want to be like David, Lord. We know that nothing will come against us because we are with you and you are in us, Lord. Lord, I pray as we go throughout our week, Lord, whatever temptations come our way, Lord, that you'll be able to help us, Lord. Help us to be able to resist those things. Help us to be able to stand against those things, Lord. Not only in our own lives, but also as a whole church, Lord. Lord, I pray you're covering upon this church. The evil darts that are attacking your church, attacking your leaders, attacking your people, attacking um, those involved in this church. Lord, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I speak that, devil, you have no, you have no place because our victory has already been won. We will follow our God. And I declare that nothing will come against this church, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for who you are. 
Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in our city of Griffith, Lord. In our um, country of Australia. Thank you, Lord, that we can come close to you. That we can come boldly to your throne without anything hindering, hindering us, Lord. Thank you for your son Jesus dying on the cross. That we can be closer to you, God. Lord, we pray in us and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.